This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that can't quite believe it's all about to begin again. Uh, football in the era of COVID-19 throws up an abnormal environment, so we find that less than a month after finishing last season, we look forward to it all kicking off again next Monday, the 14th. Not much of a rest for the players, or us for that matter, and not much of a pre-season either. But we are where we are, kicking off a new season that should be at least five games in by now. But for Chelsea supporters, season 2020-21 stroke must be one of the most eagerly anticipated seasons since Roman turned up with a lorry load of cash and began spreading it all over in 2003. Most of us already thought we had everything we need. Super Frankie Lampard at the helm, the talented youngsters such as Mason Mount and Reese James tearing it up. But no, Roman has once again splashed the cash on some genuinely world-class talents in Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Hakim Ziyech, Ben Chilwell and Thiago Silva and several others too. Now, personally, I can't wait. It's just a shame that most of us won't be able to be there when it all kicks off. And therein lies the problem. No doubt we will be discussing that. Now the show, uh, I'm not, I kind of feel like I ought to apologise. No pithy title tonight. It is just the season preview. Chelsea fancast number 520. So there you go. Now, of course, as ever, uh, actually, you know, we have a wounded soldier with us tonight. He's He's manfully made it onto the podcast airwaves in spite of having his shoulder majorly re he's kind of like this, a cheap version of the six billion dollar man you know major shoulder reconstruction mr kid how are you love i'm very good thank you for mentioning that yeah i'm very cheap it's a bit of plastic in my but a bit of titanium titanium rod wow. in the shoulder yeah but with a, a ceramic ball and socket apparently it's called a shoulder replacement there you go but, um are you bionic are you bionic uh, 
uh, pretty soon. Yeah, but I, I, there is something else I'd rather have more bionic, but I won't share that with the group. Um, but the uh, the doctor Talk asked to John me whether Bobbitt, I'd like mate. To he's done that oh yes of course i remember that yeah he had it because it was fell in half didn't it god that his wife chopped memory. it off yeah, chopped it off didn't she then he had to have it yeah didn't, didn't he find it in the garden or something yeah. I can't she'd thrown it out the window i hope you put yeah, a, I, I hope you put a packet of frozen peas on it yeah yeah she get the doctor gave me the option of actually if i wanted to be um watching the operation live oh. he said because i know because they they numb the shoulder and I said, funnily enough, I won't. I'll have a general anaesthetic. Thank you very much. Yeah, so, quite. Knock me out and wake me up when it's all done, mate. Yeah, exactly what I did. Well, best wishes. Love to be on the show. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, well. Why, have you, why, have you, why did you not find a title? Could you not say? Couldn't be um, bothered, mate. When, when am I going to score ooh, 100 goals? Ooh. When am I at what stage of the season? You know? Well, I um, don't know. Uh, I just couldn't be bothered, mate. <laughs> silverware, silverware this year. You know, silverware, silverware, silverware. silverware. We are going to win yeah. some silverware. You know, you know. I, this is mate. This is like the thirteenth season we've been doing the damn thing. You kind of run out of ideas okay, eventually. Yeah. Anyway, enough. Uh, now, as this is the preview show, I wanted to get uh, two exceptionally quality and qualified and brilliant guests. But instead, I've got no, no, no. I couldn't resist. Oh, 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 I couldn't resist. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely delighted. I, I mean, actually, I wanted to get two cracking guests on tonight for the first show of the season, the preview show. Uh, I mean, you know, they both write huge amounts. They're very active on Twitter. They are. I know. I, I, I don't use the dreaded word itk, but I think they're kind of more. They they know more sensible stuff rather than in the know. And they are, of course, the wonderful, wonderful Mr. Mark Worrell, Mr. Gate17 himself. How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. Um, dressed for winter, actually, in uh, my office tonight. It's a bit parky. Contemplating turning the heating on, but the weatherman just said the temperature's going to soar in the next couple of days. Soar away sunshine, mate. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Here I am in my... 1983-84 bobble cap. Lovely. I tried to buy one of those. They've sold out of them. Oh. I know. I like the yellow ones too, actually. They're quite quite dishy. And I like the Commodore diamond ones too. Oh, yeah, I yeah, think we yeah. should do a sponsorship deal with them or something. It might actually the only way I might be able to get one. Marco, great to see you. Really looking forward to the show tonight. I know you'll have a lot to say about that. Uh, we've also, of course, uh, in, in terms of keeping the quality up, we've got... Uh, the main writer for the Chelsea Fancast website, the editor of the Chelsea Fancast website, I've, I've, I've been demoted. Uh, he's also a writer for CFC UK, and he's a lovely, lovely person, and he's doing some fine work for us, both on here and on the website. Mr. Dean Mears. Evening, Jig. Evening, gents. How you all doing? I is good. I'm all right, actually. I have to say, I'm, I'm rather stiff. I, 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 you know, I did a lot of running on Saturday, and I did kind of you know i keep having to up my program and i did some running this morning and i and i swam 850 meters i can hardly bloody move i've got to be honest but anyway i'll be having reconstruction work as well soon at this rate but there we go uh we Mm -hmm. are jonathan sorry somebody somebody said uh, i went (laughs) you you laughed okay sorry i missed the laugh i'll try i'll try and keep on top of all laughter going forward Oh, anybody remember laughter, as Robert Plant once said? Anyway, we digress. That one's specially going out. That joke is specially going out for Tony Glover, who I know is a big Led Zeppelin fan. Now, uh, right, let's get on the show. On the show tonight, it's all about uh, previewing the forthcoming season. You will be absolutely astonished to know. Uh, we're going to kick off in part one with a look at the players 
Chelsea have signed so far. So we're going to talk about all the transfer business, who else might or should be coming in and who has gone and who else should go because they don't seem to have shipped off too many, which I think is an interesting element and an underlooked uh, well, you know, a kind of overlooked aspect of the transfer business. In part two, uh, we look at the prospect of a return to the bridge. When are we all going to be let in? What is the latest position on supporters returning to the bridge? Who goes? Is it safe? Will it be the same? You know, there's going to be all sorts of stuff going on that we're not used to. If we are not allowed or unable to go, what is the Premier League stance on TV coverage? And you know, kind of a bit of a personal thing, really. What do we miss most about not going? Because I think, again, that's somewhat overlooked uh, in all the brouhaha that goes on about that. Now, in part three, uh, I'm glad to say Dean has done all the hard work for this. Um, in fact, as I say here, in part three, Dean is at it again. He certainly is. He's collated this season's predictions from all of the Chelsea fancasters, which, no doubt, he will use to humiliate us at the end of the season when we are all completely wrong. Although I do recall I actually did quite well last season. But anyway, uh, we reveal what we think Chelsea's final league position will be, how far Chelsea will go in the Caribou and the FA Cup and the Champions League, who Chelsea's top scorer and player of the year will be. And finally, we stick our colours to the mask as to what the top four and the bottom three will be. That's going to be great fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, and in part four, uh, if Jonathan's shoulder's still just about managing, we've got a ton of emails, eight emails tonight, JK. We've got a bit of a kind of, you know, uh, the ones we didn't get to last time round that I've stored away, and a few ones that have come in since. Funny enough, they're mainly about our 50 Years of Chelsea show, which is interesting. But there you go. So all of this to look forward to. Uh, now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat uh, by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you lovely people do. Uh, we've got a, as uh, as always, as ever, we have a full house tonight. Actually, not, you know, there's a few that have probably forgotten that we're still alive and we're coming back this week, but... Albert II, Sean P, Ashley Brain, uh, Loco Coco Pops, one of my favourite names on here, Keep the Blue Flag Flying, Int North, I Saw Alan May Score, Sussex Blue, Tommy Hayes, Yaren Levy. Yaren's in here. Great to see you in there. Planet Earth is Blue, the lovely Claire McConnell, Jonathan Perez, Jonathan's one and only friend from the East End. Yes, he is. He is, yeah. David, he gets a mention on the 50 Years show every week. I wonder if he knows that. Anyway, David Hurst, probably not the one that played for Sheffield Wednesday, at least I hope not. Uh, Dobbs, Andy the Hutch, Eddie, ah, Mark's in the house, Jeffrey Asselstein, Akshay, I could go on and on, Benji Toast, oh, lovely side Sue Jean's in here too. Breezy, oh, so many. Good to see you all. Looking forward to it tonight, and uh, hopefully you are too, and I'll try and read some of your posts out on the old Mixilla chat page, which I've just plugged. Anyway, we'll be back in a minute to kick all of this off. an exciting time to be alive as a Chelsea fan I mean it's really interesting you know I mean I I don't tend to get involved in 
a lot of the uh, the brouhaha on Twitter about you know who we've signed, should we, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I I, I like to keep my powder relatively dry. Uh, and then save it all for here, really. So, I mean, because we've been off for a couple of weeks, having a bit of rest while there was no football on, um, I haven't really been able to talk much about it. But my goodness me, we've been going mental. I mean, it's, as I said in the in the intro, it, it, it does remind me very much of when Raymond went ballistic in 2003 and changed the whole fabric of football. Um, but just to recap, we've we've got uh, Timo Werner, as we all knew, and, and uh, Hakim Ziyech, uh, you know, was signed a while ago, but we've added to that roster uh, Ben Chilwell, who we've been after for a while from Leicester for around 50 million quid on a five-year deal. We got Thiago Silva in on a free from PSG, which actually is something I talked about months ago, so I'm taking due credit for that one. Uh, And uh, we've got Kai, I mean, this is the big thing, wasn't it? Getting Kai Havertz, who... Uh, you know, is just so highly rated uh, as one of the top, top, top young players in Europe for uh, 75.8 million on a five-year deal. We've also got uh, a couple of very interesting characters, uh, an 18-year-old called Xavier Umboyamba, who uh, is kind of reputed, he's 18 years old, uh, and he's kind of been dubbed the new Virgil van Dijk, and we've got him from uh, Barcelona's development squad, and Malang Sarr. Uh, who's a, a French defender. Uh, I think he's from Nice uh, originally. He's only 21. Uh, so, And, and both, both of them were frees. So, you know, what a bit of business. So, first of all, let's let's have a, a little natter about the incoming and what we think of it all so far. Um, I'll, I'll give you first dibs on this, JK, because I'm feeling sorry for you because your shoulder's buggered up. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking a bit... You are. You're looking a bit sad, mate. <laughs> I've got Miss Sling on. You look like you're in a um, straight jacket, actually. Wouldn't be a bad <laughs> idea. Yeah, it's quite classy. It's not a kind of white sling. It's no. like a kind of leather thing. I'm a oh, bit. S and M, S and M bandages, no, mate. What can no, I say? It's, it's suede. I take it all back. Um, uh, I think it's completely wonderful. You'd be mad not to, as a Chelsea fan. I think this is this is quite remarkable, and it goes against everything that I ever envisaged they would do. Um, just because I thought I thought they'd splurge. I mean, we talked about this before, but I thought they'd wait a bit longer and cherry pick a few more players from um, from the Premier League because clubs need the money. But no, they've gone. They've done exactly what no other club appears to have done this in the whole of Europe is to go for these top players. It's absolutely outstanding. And if you if you analyse the situation, it looks as if there'll be six world-class players playing and it's made them leap into the elite they will be uh, well they have to the pressure's on but they for me they will be um uh, challenging for everything you can't not with you buy players like this it's just quite phenomenal um, um i'm just gonna i mean I, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, i did some homework for you lot actually which is very unlike me um i mean the first long tranche of players names which I just purloined from Sky's transfer centre which is quite quite good for this although it just kind of like hoofs it up from all the newspapers but um, I don't know if anybody's um, ever checked out Transfer Mircht which is a German site which is the, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the absolute bollocks for current players with their yeah. stats and everything and it's my kind of go-to for anything like this but I thought I'd check out 
uh, you know, their careers to see what these guys were like. And Timo Werner, uh, I mean, I could give you the whole career. I mean, in, in his whole career, and he's played for uh, Leipzig and Stuttgart, basically, but he scored, he scored 109 goals in 259 games with 50 assists. That's pretty good going, isn't it? Like, I mean, last season was ridiculous. He scored 45... Uh, sorry, he scored 34 goals uh, with 13 assists in 45 games. And he scored 12 goals in 30 games for Germany. We're going to so, win the league. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> but I think, I think Marco, what I'm saying is it underlines what, what, what JK was saying. We, we are high, high... You know, we are basically getting in some quality players. Uh, Kai Havertz, who, of course, is only 21, so he's only just starting out. Uh, he's only played for Bayer Leverkusen, but he's you know he's uh, scored forty six goals with thirty one assists uh, in one hundred and fifty games in his career. Last season he got eighteen goals and nine assists, and he's only just started out in his Germany career. But I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. I mean, it's just I watched a few vids, Chidge. I watched hmm? a few vids of Havertz. I watched yeah. Havertz. Very impressive. My goodness me. But they'd have done all their due diligence on these players. You would have thought, wouldn't you? Um, I mean, Marco, one of the things that I wanted to pick up on really was not actually just the stats, but something else that was interesting because I think there's been a lot of talk about where everybody's going to fit in and what's going to happen. And one of the other things that Transfer Merkt does is it tells you whether they're right or left-footed, how tall they are, and what their position is, and it lists the preferred and their most usual usual position and where else they've played. And I think this is particularly pertinent for uh, Werner and Havertz, and uh, Zayec, actually, for that matter. Timo Werner is predominantly a centre-forward. We already know this, but he can also play on the right and the left wing. Kai Havertz is predominantly an attacking midfielder, so, you know, you could say, I suppose, a number 10 in a sense, but he's also he can also play on the right wing and as a centre-forward. Hakim Zay- so a hazard-esque, you might say there. Hakim Zayic, of course, is predominantly a right winger, but he can also play as an attacking midfielder or a central midfielder. Um, the thing that's interested me most about Havertz, he's a unit, mate. He's he's one meter eighty-nine, so I think that's got to be about what six four, six five. So they're getting units in. They're getting players who are quality, but also can play in a number of positions, which I think is very interesting. I think. Um... Well, two 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 points. Just going back to the stats that you you, you gave for Werner and Havertz. I think one of the biggest problems that we had last season, well, for a few seasons, is not being able to um, make the most of the chances created. So you'd like to think that there's a tick in that box now uh, between those guys. Um, and I think the other great thing is, in terms of Frank's in-game management. Um, you know he can. He's got the option there. If something isn't working, just to to switch it without having to switch players. Um, you know, which with, with you know greater effect than than he has been able to do previously in terms of the players he's had as his disposal and their effectiveness in in other positions. Um, you know, I, th- I think up till now. I mean, obviously Dave can play left or right, back and centre-back. And, and you know, you, you trust him in each of those positions, whereas pretty much the rest of them, I mean, I know Hazard sort of did his false nine thing. Then um, we had the experiment with Kante, didn't we? Uh, you know, 
I genuinely think, you know, with these guys, particularly Werner and Havertz, the versatility they often bring to the party is, you know, you're kind of getting two two for the price of one there with those guys. So be interesting to see how that works out. And it also gives, um, you know, in terms of the, the big concern that people had, well, what about, you know, what about some of the younger players who, who broke through last season, um, you know, the likes of Mason Mount, um, Tammy, uh, Pulisic, I mean, obviously he was brought in, and, and hudson Adoy. It's not as if they're losing, potentially losing their player to a player that can only play in their position, um, you know, which is what happens at some clubs or with some signings that it automatically negates, relegates another player out of the team. Um, uh, you know, in, in a 55-60 game season, which is what we'll hopefully we'll end up with, there's, there's going to be opportunities for everyone and I think it will be mixed up quite a bit. I think that's a really, really good point. I mean, Dean, first of all, I'd love to hear what you think of the, the transfers anyway, so just generally. But I think picking up on, on Marco's point, you know, there has been a lot of talk about uh, Mason Mount this week. But, I mean, if I always go back to, to what happened when Frank joined the club. And, I mean, you know, Frank was not one of the best midfielders in the world when he joined. Uh, he became one. And he became one because he was managed, I think, incredibly well by Jose Mourinho. But, of course, Frank worked extremely hard. And every year we would sign a world-class midfielder while Frank was there. And he just upped his game. So if Frank Lampard is the manager, I I suspect and hope he'll be getting into the likes of Billy Gilmore and Rhys James and Mason Mount saying, this is Chelsea. We're an elite club. We will buy world-class players. Your job is to up your game and, and keep them out the side because that's what I did, you know. So I'm not worried at all. But Dean, what do you think about the transfers period? Back to your point about the um, 2003 window when the club just sort of handpicked these great players um, and dropped them in the team and asked the manager to win trophies. Um, you know, this time they've identified their weaknesses in the squad and gone after targets which are handpicked by Frank Lampard and, and Petr Cech. By the sounds of it, you know, left-back Ben Chilwell, a centre-half Thiago Silva, goals from midfield Kai Havertz replacing Pedro and William in Werner and uh, Zayic. And then, um, you know, potentially a new goalkeeper sounding by um, the activity on Twitter this afternoon. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously you know very exciting at the moment because we're not just signing players because we can sign players now. We're signing, you know, targets that will improve the starting eleven and, and the squad overall. You know, and as you said about Lampard sort of improving, you know, I think that's a message he's been giving the players, you know, since he started. You know, to play for Chelsea, you need to be the very top level. I think he said that to them after one of the defeats last season. Maybe in Sheffield United, um, not good enough for a Chelsea shirt. So he knows what it takes to make it to the top, and you know, if the players listen to him, they'll make it there themselves. Yeah. It's you know down to their application, and he's proven so far how he's handled the squad in terms of what you do in training is what happens on the pitch. Um, you know, there's no reason why you know, these players won't get their opportunities, as Marco said, and continue their development even though we are signing you know world-class players now um I think you know picking the bones out of that JK I think you know one of the things that I picked up on what Dean was saying was that and I've said and written about as well I think is the fact that you know clearly what we have here is a plan they've identified the weaknesses I, I, I think Havertz is not necessarily identifying a weakness I think that's more of a if you have the opportunity to sign somebody of that quality and you're able to do it and I think that's an important point at the moment Chelsea are in a position unlike any other club, I think, at the moment because 
they you know they had all the money from uh, Morata and Hazard and they hadn't spent as much money for the last two years so they can and of course Roman got a big fat wallet but you know they can do that in a way that a lot of the other clubs can't but we seem to have a plan JK and the other thing just very quickly on the FFP there's a very if you follow the Swiss Ramble on Twitter or if you don't follow them then you need to give your head a wobble because they are brilliant and they explained brilliantly the other day why we are not in any way shape or form infringing on FFP rules uh, because of course a they've been relaxed and b with our player sales over the last few years we'll probably actually make a net profit this year. Yes, I, I read that as well because you I thought you, you told me to, yeah you told me to follow him in fact good aren't they. Time. Yeah, fantastic fantastic yeah. i mean i'm not a financial head but you could get the basis of it which is that we're we're sailing very below the the threshold so we're fine but but i think that the havertz purchase is really interesting because i think the aim is to buy a really really top class top class a completely world-class player um almost hazard like which i think is what Havertz will be and appears to be just from the footage that I've watched of him. So big similarities um, there as well. Getting him at that age, hugely sought after yeah, at that time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you've already got a standout midfield player who can change games. I think one hopes, you know, and they've all got to be tried out. Obviously, one hopes on his own. Um, but I, I, and I think it <clears throat> it it puts, as you were saying earlier, it puts great pressure on the the youth who were given an opportunity last year to um to express themselves it says to them you've got to step up this year if you don't step up well i i don't think you're going to be part of the uh, part of the, the fabric of the club over the next few seasons which is exactly how it should be they should be they've got no right to 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 play in the first team for chelsea they've got to come up with the goods and there are some players i mean i'm intrigued as you've said early on why nobody's gone I find that really fascinating. Perhaps well, what, he's willing to give people the opportunity. Well, why haven't they? I mean, that, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. we, we could name a few that should be out the door, really, because frankly, we they're not talk, good enough. We talked, about, we talked about twelve, didn't we, Marco? We did, didn't you we? came up with a mass, didn't we? Last time we spoke, Marco, didn't yeah. you come up with a mass of people who could go? Yeah. So you know, I, I, it's interesting that they haven't. Perhaps he's working out a different idea, or perhaps the other way. It may be as basic as he can't get anybody to buy them because yeah. nobody's got the funds. Um, but uh, um, the combinations at the moment just seem to be um, um, peculiar. I mean, they might some of them might be injured. We might only end up with having four of them playing, four of the new ones. But I think I think having Pulisic already, who revealed himself as being absolutely fabulous towards the end of the season, it makes you think you've got they've got six absolutely top players there. Yeah. And as you as you say, um, Dean, if uh, if this guy Mendy comes in. Um, which is, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued to find out. Are we going to? Is there a stage of this talking about Kepper? Because I just wanted to. Uh, am I shooting my bolt here by going on about it? Because I just I wanted to know whether um, was Czech wasn't involved in buying Kepper, was he? No, was he, he, that was done pre-Czech. And I think I think Czech will have been absolutely. If they do buy another goalkeeper to put pressure on Kepper, if they can't sell him, which I think is really unlikely that they'll be able to sell him that Czech has absolutely been involved in this. So, I, I would bloody um, well hope so. Well, it would make sense, wouldn't it? But I mean, Mendy's Men- it... from Wren, and of course, Czech came from yeah. Wren, didn't he? Indeed, indeed. So it look, it, the stamp of it looks like it. But I well, it, it's, I have to say that I, I, the there are some aspects of Twitter that appear to have become slightly more um, revelationary and, uh, and getting it correct, because this time last year there appeared to be... Uh, you know, 27 players we were linked with, whereas 
now nearly all the top players we've been linked with have actually come to fruition and i've i've um, been made slightly once again to look foolish well Werner, uh, Werner, havertz and chilwell yeah, yeah in that, that, that's yeah so that I means to, say, you... to, to defend myself briefly chilwell was originally being stated as being 80 million when they were in the champions league yeah. to prize him away since they failed to get in the champions league yeah. he's become more accessible by being 50 yeah. so that makes sense because buying a left back is something we've all agreed all the last few seasons uh, it's been absolutely essential because Emerson's not up to it and Alonso can only play in the 4-3-3. So, um, uh, so um, will he keep Alonso for that very reason? Yeah. Uh, I suspect I suspect he will. Emerson's got to go. Be, Emerson has to go, Emerson. Yeah. You just don't get the impression he's putting a shift in. But well, but And there are rumours about him going at the moment as in the same way there are rumours about... I mean, the only player that appears to be rumours about the two are Bakayoko and, uh, and Zappa Costa. They're mm. the only people that about and we we know that they're not part of the, the team at all at the moment so um and we'll never be again yeah i mean it's a good question isn't it marco i mean I, well this is one of the lovely things about chelsea you know they're, they're such a wonderful contradiction in terms aren't they because on the one hand you know we've known or we've thought that we were going to get Chilwell, we thought that we were going to get Werner, we thought that we were you know going to get Havertz uh, but you know you don't ever hear anything from the club at all, and, and quite rightly so. Why, why, you know, you know, keep your powder dry on all those matters when you're dealing with all of these clubs, um, and yet they still have this ability to, to surprise. Zayic came out of nowhere, for example. Thiago Silva, I think, was done very, very quickly. Um, but who? I mean, you know, as I said, on the one hand, they're they're spending a lot of cash and they're they're buying some really good players up front. But we do have other areas that we all know. We, we, we talked about it throughout the entire season last season. There are some absolute weaknesses. Uh, you know, goalkeeper definitely. And you could argue that we've got, you know, do we have enough cover uh, in defensive midfield? I mean, there were times, for example, last season where we had Gilmore who was out. And, of course, he's still very young and raw. Kante was injured. Uh and Jorginho maybe not what we need in that position. So occasionally, even though we had a lot of players there, we did look a bit light. So do you think there's still more work to do? And if so, who do you think they're going to be going after? Um, well, there's, there's been perennial talk, hasn't there, about Declan Rice, um, who could kind of fulfil a centre-back stroke, cent, uh, you know, central midfield role. So that's that's one that's been bandied about. Um, I kind of get a sense. I don't know. Um, you know, the signing of Silver was an interesting one because he's kind of, you know, going to probably be a one-season wonder. Um, and then there was talk today. I don't know if it's actually happened of Ethan Ampadu going to Sheffield United. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, which, which I think would be a fantastic loan move because. Um, you know, he'd get exposure uh, to the Premier League and Wilder's a good manager and they're defensively very well organised, Sheffield United. Um, <laughs> and I, I just think, you know, you look at him, is he a player who gets a really good, you know, season under his belt in the Premier League and then comes back to Chelsea? You know, a bit like Zuma did after um, he came back from his injury, sort of, he had that, well, he went to Stoke and then he had that really good season with Everton, um, came back to Chelsea. I, 
I kind of wonder, you know, if that's that that's in the in the game plan. Um, so I'm, um, you know, I think obviously Frank would like to sign um, Declan Rice, but you know whether whether that comes together or not, I don't know. Um, would they look at another player? Doesn't doesn't look that way unless it's going to be a surprise signing. And then obviously there's the the goalkeeping scenario with Kepa saying he wants to fight for his place and, you know, Petr Cech going back potentially to raid his old club for this guy, uh, Mendy, who's, you know, he's obviously not a kid. I mean, he's 28. So he can, he's obviously seen something there that he likes. Um, and there's nobody better qualified than Petr Cech to make that call on a, on a goalkeeper. So, the, you know, the unit, this chapter, yeah, I mean, to my mind, um, looking at those two areas that that that's potentially where we're still light but I, you know I think the whole thing now is Frank's got to get a tune out of these guys um, and he can only pick 11 players so it's like the world of fantasy football um, it's got to spin a lot of plates keep a lot of players happy Um and I guess, you know, with the window running to October the 5th, uh, you, you never know what's going to happen in terms of last-minute last minute deals. You know, once the season's, well, it'll be three three games old, just to see what happens. I mean, Chelsea, was it first three, first couple of games, Brighton away, Liverpool at home? Um, contrasting games, I think. You know, it'd be interesting to see how how well everybody beds in. It will indeed. By the way, it looks like we lost Dean. I'll try and get him back in a minute. But uh, I, oh, he's back. There we go. Um, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Uh, how he's going to fit him in all in. But I, I mean, I have to say, I, I mean, you we're all old enough here and ugly enough, basically, to know that just because you go and buy all these world class players. It doesn't mean they're all going to hit the ground running. I mean, there are so many cases of great players arriving at football clubs in the Premier League and taking a year or two to to really bed in. I mean, Thierry Henry for Arsenal, Drogba <laughs> for us, Lampard for us. I mean, you know, the list is endless. It's not it's not a guarantee of success. It's not a guarantee that they will all gel. But that you know, you can't even begin to compete unless you've got the players in the first place. And you know, in the in the in the position that we found ourselves in last season. I think that we, I think arguably we punched above our weight. The thing is, Dean, I tell you what, I mean, we've said this on the show again, months and months ago before everybody else was saying it, um, that Frank Lampard would have huge pulling power because, as has been repeated in the press by the likes of Werner and Havertz, they grew up watching him being one of the best players in the world and they want to go and play for that guy. And when he picks up the phone and he speaks to them, they want to. They will listen to him. I mean, that that's clearly what we're seeing here, which is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's quite easy to kind of forget that how good Frank Lampard was as a player. Now you're sort of focusing on what he's doing as a manager. Um, you know, but as you say, these players grew up watching this player score 15, 20 goals every season from midfield, competing against your luck of Ronaldinho and Samueto for the um, Ballon d'Or, and. You know, being Champions League, you know, season after season in the latter stages, you know, turning up in the big occasions. And 
every single signing has said, I spoke to Frank Lampard, he told me the plan, he showed me where I was going to fit in the team, I wanted to play for Chelsea. And that will continue to be the case for as long as he manages Chelsea. I think that's you know, the reason I think I'm so positive about next season is that you know, Frank Lampard has this plan where he's going to show these players how he wants them to play. And hopefully that's you know the way we've scouted these players and you know researched their you know, attributes and their weaknesses and their strengths that they can fit into the system a lot quicker than, say, a signing like Torres, who had an injury, or Shevchenko, who was just brought just because he was Shevchenko. Yeah. You know, these players are purposely signed for Chelsea for Frank Lampard. And I mean, it. it, it I mean, again, this is it's very old-fashioned, and this is possibly why the likes of me, Marco, and Jonathan say this all the time on this bloody show. This is what you need to run a football club really, really well. And it looks like we've got, for the first time, Jesus. I mean, I could, I could possibly say ever knowing Chelsea, but certainly in recent memory, you've got everything in the right place. You've got. Um, I mean, forget the fact that, that Lamps is a legend at Chelsea and we all love him. I mean, I know for us that counts for a lot, but let's ignore that for a second. The point is he has an impact on the kind of people that we're attracting to this club. You know, Mourinho used to attract players to this club because of his status as, the manager, as a manager. Frank's doing it now as his status as the next player who was an idol for these kind of kids that are coming in now. We've got Petr Cech, another legend as an ex-player with a real expertise in football, on the board, we've got Marina Granovskaya, who is uh, renowned as one of the shrewdest and toughest uh, business people in the football game. You know, exceeded many people's expectations of her. Nobody really knew much about her. She is absolutely, you know, fantastic at what she does, and she's proving it time and time again. And on top of all of that, we've got Raymond, who is, I mean, I know we're biased and we're all misty-eyed, but he's the best owner in football. You know, he really is. He puts his money where his mouth is. He's enthusiastic and passionate about the game. And I tell you what, as Marco will know, and I know personally, he he actually does do an awful lot to try and test the temperature of the supporters. He 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 recognises the importance of that. You know, he's, he, this this guy's no Mike Ashley. You know, so it's the absolute perfect kind of dream team. I am so just chuffed at the moment it's all brilliant the only thing that i'm not chuffed about is that none of us all four of us would be going there week in week out we would be so excited i would be so excited about seeing marco at the stall tarrying a while with my chum marco and winding up chuckles and everybody who meets there going to the cock tavern having a pint with dino going and you know, blagging a free coffee and a bit of cake from Jonathan in the posh seats after the match and recording a silly video. I mean, I would be just so excited about doing that in a couple of weeks' time. And we can't do it because we're not allowed back yet. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But before we do, before we do, a couple of uh, very appropriate plugs on that matter, actually. First of all, as you probably know, Marco has released another one of his fantastic books. In fact, actually, if you haven't if you haven't heard the the little kind of chat that Marco and I had on it, which we put up as a kind of a special podcast while we were off, do give it a listen because I mean, you know, in my own inimitable fashion, I didn't do any script scripting of it at all, and I and I didn't manage to read the whole lot because I didn't realise there'd be so many bloody pages. But <laughs> Marco and I had a great chat about the book, but actually ended up. It's just this lovely chat with two old mates about football life and everything else. It was lovely, wasn't it, Mark? I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, 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 no, it's great. 
Anyway, the book, and I just proved to Marco that I, because normally you see, I would just blag a free copy of Marco with his lovely little signature on there saying, thanks, Chidge, you skinflint or something. Um, but of course, I can't do that because I'm not, at the, can't go to the stall. So I've had to purchase. I've purchased a see Marco proof of proof were needed. I have purchased a copy which came by Amazon yesterday, and therein lies the fact. It's uh, when skies are grey, super frank, Chelsea in the coronavirus crisis, uh, and it's available worldwide as a paperback uh, from Amazon. I mean, I won't give you the link because you know you. I'll tell. I'll ask Marco. You know where where you can find it, but you know it'll be pretty much anywhere where, where you would expect to find Marco stuff on Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of thing. Uh, the great thing about this, of course, is that a quid uh, from every copy sold goes to the Hammersmith and Fulham Food Bank, which is something that the supporters trust are very involved with, as you know. And of course, uh, Marco and Dave Stall uh, very kindly host that for us. Uh, and of course, they you know been suffering from having no match day collections as well. So it's very generous of Marco to do that. Marco, do you want to have a quick word about your book, your new book? Um, yeah, I mean, essentially... It smells, it's, uh, I like the smell of new books in the morning. Yeah. Smells of history. It, <laughs> it kind of... Um, it, it's the, the, the opening sort of chapter sort of sets the scene about what I call the simpatico manager, oh, which yeah. is kind of the... It's an Italian word for exactly what you think it might mean. Simpatico. Just means like the, the nice guy manager that everyone loves. Um, and, and, you know, the, the cult of that at Chelsea and where it started from um, and the whole kind of Italian connection. Uh, and then how, you know, everything, everything was kind of gearing up nicely to square the circle and give us Frank Lampard as manager. So that's how it starts out. And then um, it just sort of gets into the season, um, you know, from, from a fan's perspective. So you get all the ITK stuff that goes on. When this time last season, nobody had, nobody had not a peep about Havertz or Werner. It was it was all Jaden Sancho. So, yeah, um, yeah. and Callum Hudson Adoy going to Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Um, you know that 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 was that was so. It's interesting over the course of the year how that fluctuates and the ebb and flow of uh, conversations on Twitter, and then of course you know the football, and kind of it gets to the point where there's this big emotional thing for me taking my daughter to her first. Chelsea game, which was against Everton, which turned out to be the last game that any of us got to go to. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the coronavirus crisis uh, and obviously how Chelsea managed their way through that, you know, great credit in terms of the, the work that they did and the, their generosity. Um, you know, how, how we were all feeling as supporters about Project Restart initially and then how it, you know, swung football came back. So, yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of it. It's good value for money. <laughs> there's a few pages in there. You know, hopefully people will enjoy it just from the point of view that there's, it's very inclusive. There's lots of opinions of, um, you know, plenty of people that, well, listeners on here will know or people who use Twitter um, we'll be aware of a lot of the people who've contributed opinions along the way. So, yeah, I just want to hope everybody enjoys it. And, you know, as you said, 
a quid goes to a, a good cause. And it's uh, I think well, how much is it on 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 uh, what's the retail price? It's it's twelve ninety five. Yeah, I got it. I got it cheaper on Amazon, mate. Pardon? I got it cheaper on Amazon, didn't? Yeah, I think they're doing some kind of deal where it's kind of eleven seventy two or something. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, fill your boots, people. Yeah, when skies are grey, go to Amazon, check it out. If you want to know more about it, uh, as I said, Marco and I did a little podcast talking all about it, which is on the usual Chelsea fancast platform. And uh, you know, if you follow Marco at Gate Seventeen Marco, then you can find all the details you need to do that now. Uh, of course, another thing that we're all very, very heavily involved with, and uh, you know, we we mentioned the stall a minute ago, but Marco's been writing for CFC UK for donkey's years. I've been writing for it now over ten years, I think. Bloody hell, Dino! How long have you been writing for CFC UK for? Six years now. Six years. I mean, that's a good stretch, mate. You know, you get get less for murder these days. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, good old CFCK. Like us, it's back. How do I know this? Well, because, of course, I delivered my article to Dave at the uh, lovely, the midnight hour. I got it in at 12.46, Marco, on Friday night. So there you go. I like, wow. to, like to keep him sweating. <laughs> I quite often get a plaintive... A message from Dave saying, "Are you sending an article this week?" Uh, anyway, so there we go. So that'll be out. I, but do you know when it's coming out? The next one. Um, I don't know. I'll... What you got there, Dean? Dave just posted it on Twitter. Oh, oh yeah, well, his, ear, his ears are clearly burning. So that'll be out uh, now. So you know, you can't get it from the store because it's not open at the moment. But uh, you can get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. Or uh, you can get it via post. Of course, you pay uh, two. Pa- I think I think it's two quid a pop, uh, which includes first class postal delivery. And to do that, you can do it by PayPal, of course, and you email that to cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. But it is the absolute bollocks of cfcuk. Some great, great writers in there. Um, a lot of the fan casters write for it, and 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 better writers than that. Talking of which, uh, one of them whom is Walter Otten. Uh, and he's got a new book coming out soon, and I shall be doing with Walter what I did with Marco. So there'll be a little interview about Walter's new book. Uh, so keep tuned in to find out what's going on with that. We'll be back in a minute. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft inconsolable the thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life <laughs> it's all too much <laughs> i know jk i know it's all a bit too much isn't it yes <laughs> well panic not nordvpn have come to the rescue they have yep nordvpn allows us to watch any match even if it's not on live tv here they do Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. 
There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. We're doing our season preview and uh, no better people to do it than Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be with you. The lovely Dean Mears. Evening all. And the ever so fantastic Mr. Mark Worrell. Good evening. Now, we've done the transfer business. I mean, we could do... You know, we could do a whole show. We could do a whole two hours on the transfer business, I reckon, and still not get bored. But then people would people would think that we're like everybody else if we did that. And I dare to be different. I've got my finger on different pulses than your average bloody podcast. Dean's giggling away. Uh, it's always makes it. It's why I do the show. It's why I've Dean on. He, he's a good giggler, and he giggles at my 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 acerbic comments, which is exactly why he's on the show. What did we answer the question though? Did we answer the question earlier about? about getting back to watch the team because aren't there but, but we're going to talk about, about that now oh we chid you didn't know anybody that. would have thought you've read the running order jk oh bloody hell i know you by the way i know i know jonathan quite often goes off at mad tangents during the two hours we do this i warn you now he may be even more tangential tonight nay absent-minded but the poor chap has has done his shoulder he had shoulder this is the measure of jonathan kidd he had shoulder reconstruction surgery on saturday i think was it saturday friday 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 uh and he's sitting here on a monday night doing the podcast i mean what a legend and but of course he's he's massively drugged up so he might he might make less sense than even usual but anyway yes he's absolutely right we're now going to talk about the return to Stamford Bridge because there's a lot going on with this there's a whole lot of stuff going on about when uh, we might return the club of course have said nothing yet I mean I'm privy to some information but I'm not at liberty to share it obviously because uh, this is Chelsea and there's a, there's a no murder that happens when you're talking about that kind of thing uh, I'm also privy to the recent Premier League meetings, which I think are less troublesome in terms of me repeating what's said, because I believe they are now in the public domain. But there's a lot going on. Um, and I think it will be back. I mean, I, let me just kind of paraphrase what the PL, the Premier League stance is on this at the moment. But they're basically, you know, they want fans back as soon as they can safely get them in. It's that simple. Now, I also know that a while ago, when I say a while ago, I'm talking kind of July. Um, there was a huge safe, safe health and safety document produced by the sport. It's, it's SAG, so they're the guys that look after the safety at grounds, uh, which we as a trust meet with fairly regularly or have interaction with fairly regularly. Um, and they produce. I mean, it must have been 500 pages. It, fe- it felt like that when I skimmed through it. But a whole 
kind of criteria about what you could do to allow fans back into a stadium safely and it was really going into granular detail about how many people you could have in there how you had to space them out how how you would deal with the access and egress hand sanitation testing you name it they had it all covered and of course the premier league and the clubs will have to take this away and digest it and figure out how it works for them but sure as eggs is eggs they are absolutely desperate to get fans back in because it's going to be revenue for them apart from anything else um yeah hospitality at all could they talk about hospitality they may well have done restaurants are open aren't they so yeah the bizarre thing is you might be able to go into a part of a restaurant in hospitality but have to be distant while watching the game which doesn't really make much sense to me but nonetheless i, I very i very rudely didn't think about that context and of course i should have done because that's where you sit i i have access to this document which i'll dig out and i might i might send it to you if you can bear it because it might have some re- reference to that in there but i i didn't look for that because i have my mind on other things but it's a very yeah, valid point about the, about the revenue stream as well because that's an area if they know that's open with the with the um, with the drinks, they can then obviously get more money in from from those parts of the ground. I think you might so find it hard. For, you, you might find it hard for the area that you're in. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm intrigued. Though, is what the scale would be given that that that, that will be their ticket price? Because if they're only offering, well, I'll, I'll get on. I, it, it's you know. such an esoteric area, and, and I know I know that's a very that sounds like a rude thing to say because I know that that's no, no, exactly no, what you no, do. But the, the, they haven't even got past first base on on the basic stuff. Uh, sure, sure. But the PL are absolutely desperate to get people back, as you can imagine. Uh, but they've also got to like adhere to all these health and safety protection issues. They're also dealing with the government uh, in terms. I mean, the government have also there's a lot of will from the government to get this in there. But the bottom line is, is that it's very likely come October, unless there's an, a, a massive spike and it all goes pear shaped again. That, that Chelsea will have supporters back in the ground. But it's likely to be an incredibly low capacity. I mean, a lot of the figures that have been banded around are about 25%. So for Chelsea, that's going to be somewhere between six and 10,000, isn't it? Um, I've also heard, you know, we, 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 still, we still have yet to determine whether or not, uh, you know, who's going to get the tickets. But I would imagine that the first port of call is going to be season ticket holders. I would imagine they might do something based on loyalty points. I would imagine they might they might do a split between season tickets and, and, and members. Who knows? But the reality is, if you've got six to 10,000 people being allowed back in, that means, and we've got 25,000 season ticket holders, a lot of people are going to miss out. Now, of course, a lot of people might not want to go back. There's a lot of people, I mean, you know, we know that Chelsea's demographic, uh, they've got the highest age of season ticket holders in the country. The average age of season ticket holder at Chelsea is is my age, you know, uh, kind of mid-50s. And we are apparently a risk area. So maybe there's a lot of people in our age group who might not want to go while it's like this. So it's a real, it's really complicated. I think that's what I'm trying to, I know I'm going off on one, but I'm trying to give you an idea of how complicated this whole issue is. But one way or another, there will be fans going back unless there's a monstrous spike, is my view. If, if they're under, unsub, undersubscribed because of that very reason, it's, it makes it quite tricky as to what do they do? Do they then offer the seat to someone else? In which case, somebody who's been watching for 30 to 40 years might then lose their uh, their opportunity their, their their seat ultimately I, I don't know for a fact but i think that there'll be an amnesty on season tickets so even if you're allowed to go back right, right. They, they'll give you an amnesty for this year because it's very complex i don't know this for a fact so don't quote me but 
you know, I heard a ballot as well as an option. Yeah, I, I, this is this is why I'm being very careful what I say, Jonathan, because I don't, you know, the fact of the matter is a lot of these things are being talked about, but nothing yeah. has yet been decided. So, you know, we have to wait until we hear what Chelsea say definitively. But, you know, the trust has been talking to them a lot. Cliff's been talking to them a lot about what we may or may not do, sticking our oar in. But I think the takeaway at the moment, as I said, is that, you know, unless there's a huge uh, second wave that hits us in October, which creates a mass lockdown again, I think that we will see some supporters back at Stamford Bridge around that time. But it's likely to be, you know, as I said, 25% or so, something like that. No away fans. I think that's absolutely clear that no away fans will get in here probably this year. So, um, Marco and Dean, I'd love to hear what... I mean, Marco, you know, you've been going for longer than me, mate. So, I mean, how does... What do you think about that? Um, do you know what? I'm kind of thinking... The way, the way my head's at now is kind of this coming season is, you know, hopefully by this time next year, will be things will be normal again. So everything will, will have reset itself and, you know, just be normal. I mean, there might be some rules and some protocols in place, but it will be full full stadiums again. Um, so I'm, I've already kind of thought that that's the way it's going to be and that this season is all about how we get to that. And it will be done in kind of bite-sized chunks. So, you know, what I've heard is that the Palace game, potentially the weekend of the 3rd of October, there might be um, a, a, a number of people will be allowed to attend that game. Um, and presumably, you know, over the course of the season, that number is, is going to proportionately increase, uh, hopefully. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of resigned to that fact. I mean, obviously, I'd love to go to every game, but it probably isn't going to be possible. Um, so I'm quite happy. I think Chelsea have acquitted themselves very well uh, over the course of the whole crisis in terms of, you know, the way they communicated. They've kind of waited. You know, I've got a pal... Well, Ugly John, who who a Gate 17 legend who got priced out of going to the bridge when he decided to have loads of kids. And because he lives down near Haywards Heath, he, he got a Brighton season ticket, um, which worked out well, apart from the fact that they took all his money for next season, I think, back in May. So, um, you know, we, we've kind of got that. You know, there's there's kind of that element of the fact that, uh, you know, I, I just think the club will say, if you've got a season ticket, if you had a season ticket for 2019, 2020, you'll be able to get that season ticket back for 21, 20, the 21-22 season. And what happens in between, season tickets will obviously have the opportunity to buy tickets to go to games and, you know, if it's all back to normal at Christmas, maybe we can buy a half-season ticket. Um, but I kind of trust the club, um, you know, to do the right thing. Uh, I mean, the evidence, the evidence that we've seen so far, Marco, is, is absolutely... I mean, you know, you know me. I'm the first to stick the boot into them if I think they've been arseholes and idiots. But I have to say I totally agree with you. I think they've been, you know, really transparent the whole way through 
and very you know level headed they as you said they didn't take our money early like a lot of clubs have done they were very quick to reimburse us when they realized that we wouldn't be able to go and i think from what i'm understanding is that they're canvassing a very wide variety of opinion about what's the best thing to do for us all um you know and i think they're going to be reasonable about it i i definitely get that sense not like not like a lot of other clubs so i totally agree with you there uh, dino i mean you know you, you're a representative of the youth here tonight um you know by definition there's less of a risk to you than there is for us three so how how do you feel about this you must be champing at the bit yeah i mean the way that the club's handled the whole pandemic um everything they've done you know i've no concerns that when fans are allowed to get back into the ground that they've taken every step possible to make sure it's as safe as possible for everyone that's going to be in attendance now, as you've alluded to, it's such a complex issue and it's not something you could run by trial and error. You know, they have to get it right first time. And just the way that the club's been run at the minute and how they've done everything for the NHS and everything they've done during the pandemic, that when it is safe to do so, it's, it's going to be safe. And luckily for me, I can drive to Stafford Bridge. I don't have to get public transport um, yeah. to limit my contact that way. And as you're in the ground, you know, you're going to be spaced out and have that space inside so for me you know i can't wait to get back i mean i I think and all that all that is true and actually that's a very good point a lot of people i mean you know chelsea are in a slightly different position than a lot of other clubs are i mean not a lot of other clubs because of course historically football grounds in this country were always this is why english football is the best football in the world because it come it was born out of the community so a lot of them are in, in the inner city but chelsea is in a particularly cramped area and we know that there's a massive issue getting in and out of the ground, uh, huge queues to the tube and that kind of thing. Clearly, that's not going to be too clever to try and maintain social distancing. So I think they've got an issue with the, how they get in and out. And I know they're talking to TFL about that, but I mean, uh, I know that's also putting a lot of the those that are in a riskier category off. It's not actually sitting in Stamford Bridge in a very socially distanced way where they will do everything they can to make you feel very safe, and I'm sure that they will. Um, it's actually the getting in and out of the ground that worries other people. I mean, I have another concern too, and you know, okay, I'm, you know, you know I'm, a, we're all different. I, I accept that. Um, I go to football for a, a very specific reason, and actually, it's not not necessarily what happens on the pitch for ninety minutes. It may surprise you to hear that. For me, it's the whole package. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, getting all misty-eyed, seeing Marco at the stall and all the other people I see there, going to the pub, seeing all the people I see there, going to see Jonathan after, all these things. These are very important to me. But actually, when I'm in the stadium, what's really important to me is that it's packed with 42,000 supporters, most of whom, of course, are Chelsea supporters, making an absolute racket and generating a lot of excitement and energy, which I thrive on. Uh, and I, I'm not... I. <sighs> You know, I get that a lot of people really want to get back, but I, I just think it's a very, it'll be a very, for me, it would be a very poor substitute sitting in a ground with maybe six, eight, ten thousand people in there. I mean, I don't really want to relive Chelsea two, Orient two in May, May nineteen eighty two or whenever it was when we had six thousand people in there. It's not why I go to football, really. I mean, you know, I know that that's a completely different context, but for me going under these circumstances will be a very, very poor substitute. So I'm, I'm a bit conflicted about whether I will go back while it's like this because much as I love going to the football, I, I, you know, I want to have the whole package and I just believe that I'm not going to get it. Jonathan, you seem to be champing at the bit. Uh, no, I was, I was listening to you with, uh, with great respect and, and interest, actually. Um, um, 
uh, I mean, interesting enough, I, I I just want to get back to watch them. I don't really care about the environment, bizarrely. But that's I what I mean enjoy. when I say we're all we're all different, aren't we? And you love that and always have done. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I, mean, I was thinking, Marco, have you actually thought about even at the home games? I mean, would you be allowed to do this having the stall open regardless? Because there'll be footfall. There'll be people um, yeah. in coming and, and just being there because you're so much a re representative of, of the match day experience. And the same yeah, way the, the Cop Tavern's going to be open, isn't it, Chidge? So, I mean, I, I was just thinking that you could then, you've got a lot of publicity about it as well, but you would, you, you, it'd be interesting to see how many people will go to the bridge, even though they're not going to actually watch the games initially. Yeah. Um, uh, and then even when they do, obviously, it, even if you're not, in attendance at the game for whatever reason or whatever whether they do a ballot or whatever a lottery to get in there you would still be very much a part of the whole experience which might then get other people coming along to even just involve themselves in that in the in that social aspect rather than watching the game then go to a pub and watch it nearby sorry i i, I asked you a question and then talked over it but, but what do you think marco <laughs> marco what do you think would you do that yeah, no, no, I've, 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 um, I have the, I don't live that far from the bridge. Um, and, you know, my life is, is structured in, in, in a way that, you know, it's what I've been doing for years. So um, I, I'd be quite happy to do it because uh, it's what we do. I mean, the only thing is, obviously, um, Sort of being stuck there and then not being able to go into the game <laughs> <laughs> and, not, and not being able to watch it. Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that would work. I know, I know we're kind of fortunate in some ways that the majority of Chelsea games are, are screened on TV, but not all of them are. Um, and we don't, you know, we don't have the luxury. But, um, you know, some of the people listening, uh, maybe in, in this, well, I think anywhere outside the UK, they can pick, pick any game they want to watch and watch it. That's a very, very good segue, Marco, because that for me is the even bigger point at the moment, because there will be people, as we've discussed, who won't feel comfortable going yet. There will be people who inevitably will miss out. Uh, if you do the maths, you might, you know depending on how they work it out obviously but there's a very i mean you know if they do it you know based on loyalty points and stuff then you know then a lot of people will get to go a lot of the time but whatever way you swing it a lot of us who might want to go are going to be denied the opportunity to go to go and watch the football live at the bridge how else do you watch it now okay you're right you know we we get a, a very healthy slice of the tv pie when it comes to coverage but uh, and I think what they did, you know, even though it was all a bit weird, I think we all acknowledged, didn't we, by the end of the season that, yes, once we got over the fact it was a bit weird, we'd actually really enjoyed the fact that there was football every day and, you know, every match was televised and it was all a, a jolly good wheeze, JK, I think is how he would describe Absolutely. it. Yes. But uh, the, we know for a fact, and again, this was in the meeting that, 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 that all the sports trusts had with, with the Premier League the other week. The Premier League don't believe it's possible to maintain a free-to-air broadcast of each game uh, this season. Um, so they've gone back to normal. So that means that there'll be a max, I think, of about 200 out of the 380 matches being broadcast live. Uh, but this is they said this. They said this. I cannot even believe they... This just shows how stupid they are. 
They reckon that with the return of an increasing number of fans, the issue of broadcast access will slowly dissipate. Well, no, it won't if you're not letting all 25,000 stroke 40,000 people in there. Yeah, I mean, I, and what about the away fans? They completely ignore the away fans. There won't be any away fans going this season, I'm telling you now. So, I mean, you, you know, I've got a home season ticket, so I'm lucky enough to go to every game if I choose to. But I, it's hard to get to away games as a Chelsea fan because a lot of us like to go. So, you know, the only recourse is if they actually are broadcasting the match anyway, which luckily they do a fair bit, or you have to resort to a hooky stream. So that's what they're basically saying. They're saying, fuck you. Go and hook up with an illegal stream because we're not going to broadcast it, Marco. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was just going to say, uh, I mean, obviously, I know it's, it's the Chelsea fan cast and, you know, Chelsea games are shown a lot on television. There are very few Chelsea games that aren't broadcast live, but there are some. Um, but, you know, supporters of other clubs, you know, I mean, Palace obviously being in vogue today because of the stripy Nigel tribute away third kit how often are crystal palace games how often how many crystal palace games are shown live on tv uh not that many so you know what about what about um the twenty five thousand who go every week to watch palace every other week to Celeste park you know what what do they do so and uh, you know is is there going to be an illegal stream of you know, a Palace game. I, I don't know. But the, the, so, sorry, mate. The reality is, right, and I mean, the, the FSA have got... I mean, I tell you what, mate, they've gone on the campaign trail massively with this. They've been brilliant. But if I was to tell you, right, that uh, the only uh, places where you'll not be able to see every game under what they're they're talking about now... I'll read this, what it says. The only fans the Football Sports Association knows of who will not be able to watch all live games are those based in the UK... Saudi Arabia and North Korea. <laughs> That's interesting. And that tells you everything you need to know. And I mean, you and we all know, we all know that that, that Sky Stroke BT televise every single game every Saturday, every every Premier League game. Why? Because when you get home, if you've if you've had an early kickoff and you're not still in the pub, you go home and you watch Match Day Choice on Sky, and you select with your red button which game you want to watch. Oh, I'll select the Chelsea game if it wasn't on the telly or whatever, you know. So we know that they do it. So I cannot see how it's an increased encumbrance on the broadcasters uh, to show these games is it, live. Is it a broadcast? Is it a broadcast issue? I thought it was more related to. Um, it's, the Premier League and Football League. Uh, totally, well, there's the three o'clock issue, but the government are prepared to relax that from what I understand. The issue is is that the Premier League have sold ex- incredibly expensive broadcast TV rights for a, a select number of games during the season. So they're not wanting to... They won't. I mean, the broadcasters will be saying, well, we've spent billions on, on this. We pay you X pounds, uh, X million a match. We are not prepared to pay any more. We're paying you enough already just to help you out. And the, so basically, the broadcasters don't want to pay more. The Premier League don't want to sell for less. So you've got this impasse, an impasse of greed. It's absolute bollocks, mate. Well, what, 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 what was the... So obviously, there was a meeting of minds when they decided to screen every single game, um, you know, of Project Restart... Uh, so why can't there be another meeting of minds? Precisely. Uh, you know, and just say, right, let's put a 
I mean, I'm sure they've got it all mapped out. So, you know, kind of like the, 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 the project, son of project research. Well, I mean, it, could, it would be a massive PR win for them. And actually, you know, I think all of us here, I mean, we, we, we know that most Chelsea games are on the box, so we're okay. But you're right. Let's, if you're a Palace fan or a Southampton fan, uh, you know, we we are not spend. I mean, I, I I suddenly find myself incredibly flush with cash at the moment, and I've suddenly realised why because I'm not not spending it on football. So <laughs> you know, if they if if they said, okay, I'll tell you what, we will televise every match. We'll have our our designated matches that we were going to broadcast anyway. If you want to watch those that we weren't going to broadcast, we will live stream them, and you pay per view. I I mean, I would pay ten quid. 15 quid to watch a Chelsea match on the TV if there was no other alternative. Isn't this happening on, on the EFL? Isn't that what's happening? Yeah. Isn't that what they're asking yeah. for? Yeah. And so this, what, this, is a, this is a possibility for, uh, for the Premier League. I don't, uh, but it, 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 does it not get in the way of the, um, the, deal. Uh, of the subscription process? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think therein lies the problem, you know. But they really need to bang their, you know, the government, I think, need to get involved and bang their heads together, actually. It's because a bit late now, though, isn't it? Because It's never too late, Mark. Never, ever too late. So the season starts next weekend. Um, the live games have already been decided, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, Guess what? We're on on Monday. Well, yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> and then we're on again against Liverpool, yeah, aren't we? we are. It'll be practically every game, won't it? Particularly if they start oh, well. Because on... of all the stars, the, 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 the fact that Chelsea are now absolutely in the spotlight is uh, will mean that they'll... Well, exactly. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll be the team of... And if they if they win, if they keep winning, then it'll it, every, practically every game will be broadcast. It's all. It's very disappointing that they won't do this, and I and I really feel, you know, terrible for a lot of supporters who are. Good. I mean, not just Chelsea supporters, but supporters. You know, I mean, look, we, we we've got we've got people we know who have gone to every Chelsea game ever, you know, until bloody Project Restart, and every club has them. You know, every club has got people that have gone to every game for the last thirty, forty years, home and away. They will no longer be able to see their team. This is a people. This is people's lives. You know, people live for this. You know, this is this is what they live for, and they're going to be denied it. I think it's criminal just because of greed and contractual impropriety. Basically, they can't sort this out because it's as I said, every single game is televised. So this is not a we can't afford to do the you know we, as a as a production cost we can't afford it. They're there anyway. They do it anyway. This is all down to the rights deal, the Premier League protecting their turf and the broadcasters protecting their turf. Well, have a look outside of your flaming bubbles and do something for us because we make the game what it is. Anyway, rant over unless Dean's got anything to add to calm me down for the next two minutes. No, I don't think you can um, sum it up any better than that. Um, you know, just the game belongs to the people and, you know, they, those in charge will remember that because, you know, if it keeps going the way it's going, then, um, you know, we could see some sort of action on some level well i think i think a lot of people are going to illegally stream it and i do think actually a lot of people are going to walk away i i really do think that i mean maybe my age group are the perhaps the most vulnerable in that you know we'll i mean we'll, we'll find other things to do you know I, I won't obviously i'm too too deeply embedded in it to walk away in a sense but you know i already but as i said my life has dramatically i said to marco before we went on it i've been to london three times since march 
You know, I, I filled up my tank of petrol. Uh, I filled up my car with a tank of petrol for the first time since March yesterday. I was filling it up twice a week before, and most of that was going on up to London to do football-related things. So, it, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's, you know, worrying times, really. Anyway, um, very quickly, talking of things that we are, we are already missing, uh, JK, what is it that you you miss most about not going? Uh, the routine, actually. I enjoy cycling down there. I enjoy... Um, uh, um, um, I mean, I, I, the, the difficulty... I've, I'm not as sociable in the cot, which I was thinking of doing much more this year before this happened. Um, but just because I... I uh, I've got the hospitality of my seat, which, um, you know, rather than anybody who's late to the party, I, I, I'm, I, I, I've slowly but surely, uh, I was coveted wanting to sit in the East Stand middle. I was in the East Stand upper for years and the seemed to me the best seats were down below. And it originally wasn't hospitality. It was Bates made it into hospitality by just adding bits on and adding money on. So I'm just happy to go and watch the game from the uh, from the best seats in the house because it's the nearest to the ground and I'm in the front row, and as you know, Chidge and, and, and Marco having come, um, uh, um, and Dean, you must be my guest sometime. What if we get back to normality? The uh, they're fantastic seats and it's just great being there. So I love that whole experience. I love the fact that I can see both the hear both stuff that from the shed and and the the dugout below me. Uh, I miss that. I miss the being able to analyse what's going on. That's why when I watch, we watch TV, it's always the director making the choices. And they just make, they do she-she shots of things because it really aesthetically in their minds looks good to have a shot of a player just after he's almost had a Do they do frou-frou shot shots as well? Do they do yeah, she-she and frou-frou? Yeah, she-she, yeah, she-she. Yes, exactly, yeah. They do panda shots, yeah, <laughs> as you should call them. But they... Uh, they, um, they, in reality, when you're watching from these situ- situations, you can see, you know, somebody's kicked somebody off the ball or somebody's confronted somebody and television missed that. They miss, and that's what I, I don't enjoy about TV. And I don't, and I like looking at the ref because I'm a qualified ref. I like looking at the decision, whether he's actually consulting the, the ref, the, uh, the linesman. So there's a mass of stuff that I, I'm, I miss from, uh, from watching TV. And as well as that, just the whole atmosphere. You know, the, 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 I don't I don't sing much because I do that in my life anyway. But I, I love the whole just listening to people's remarks and people people just commenting on the game and being able to have the, have that kind of response to that. And it's sitting with people that you you uh, and the advantage bizarrely of sitting in in hospitality. It's not as if there are any peculiar people coming into where we sit in Aussies. It's the same bunch of people who've been sitting there for thirty years. So you lots of them are mates. And so, uh, in a sense, I've got my own cock tavern in, in the bridge, which is in actually what Bates was trying to achieve. He wanted to put pubs. I think he was denied that, wasn't he, Bates, initially, by originally by, um, by the council. He couldn't set up and he opened Arkles and he opened all those other the hotels. He wanted people to shift their allegiance from the pubs into the ground so he could make more revenue, but it, it didn't happen. But in a sense, that's what hospitality does, particularly in these areas where you're not getting in tourists to watch so you're sitting with people that you've sat with for for i sit with people i've been with there for 25 years and um and they're all knowledgeable it's also this business about talking about hospitality people don't know anything about football these are people go to all the european games 
they go to. They've been watching Chelsea since they were little. And they've just similarly, like me, wanted to sit in that area of the stand. I mean, it's it may be old fashioned, but we've been going back on 50 years of Chelsea. He built a fantastic stand, which he never really completed. Roman completed it and put all these little little areas in there. So I'm sorry, this is a long convoluted answer to what you asked me, but I miss... I miss that structure. I miss, you know, walking past... I think you miss the people, JK. That's what's what's coming through. The people that you sit with. Yeah, but also I love breezing past um, Marco's uh, uh, stall and just saying hello to a couple of people. You do it shishi or frou-frou when you go past? I do it it, um, covertly. I go and say hello to somebody at the edge. You know, I speak to... uh, and Tim's there. Tim Rolls is there. I have a quick chat with Tim or something, and then and I've normally got if I've got I've got we we share a ticket so we and we do we pull lot, lots for it, and I've got a guest so I meet them and bring them in. So it's a there's a there's a routine that I I love doing, and and also I love the one of the advantages of being old. You see the evolution of the team, you see the way that the team has grown. That the, the and this is why this year is absolutely so completely phenomenally exciting, just because. Um, uh, the potential for what they're trying to do, as you say, Chidge, is something that they haven't done since since 2003, since 2005, which to me, having watched them since, you know, since 1961, 1960, was the best, best experience I've ever had. Having, having, um, uh, watching that side, 2005 side, 2004 side, with Robin and Duff, who I'll never forget, but to me, that was a completely phenomenal set up there, was, was with, with Frank playing as well, was, um, uh, they were a wonderful, wonderful side, and the fact that we may then emulate that with this lot—I'll be missing that. I'll be missing that buzz. Do you know what? Be missing this, this recreation yeah. of a new dynasty. Jonathan, possibility, enormous dynasty. Top, top, you know? top point. I mean, I, I, I kind of didn't quite convey that earlier on in the intro, but that's exactly what I meant. You know, I, I, I mean, I've actually, fully enough, my latest CFC UK piece nails this. I hope, but. I, I, I've never been so... I can't remember being this excited about a forthcoming season. You know, with all these amazing players that we've suddenly got. It's like the resurgence of Chelsea. We, You know, like, talk about, you know, Chelsea are back in 1984-5, Marco. I feel, yeah, we're back. But we're not back. I'm not going to be able to see this. And that's what it's all about. It's not the same sitting from afar. And I get what you're saying about missing all the people. I've, I've, I've already said innumerable times like what I miss Marco what about you what 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 do you what do you miss most I mean my my kind of I don't know it's kind of like my big day out I've actually written about it weirdly in in my CFC UK article for the new fanzine there's kind of like this little vignette about me getting the early morning rattler to Clapham changing for West Brompton walking through the cemetery casting a BDI over the incongruity of uh, Stamford Bridge next to the cemetery and then walking out onto the Fulham Road saying hi to, you know, people like Kim who does the programme mm. stall. Bobby Tamblin's always out there early. Um, you know, all, all of Tommy Baldwin, the Blue Parrot Man, you know, the, the early buyers and spires who come to the CFC UK stall, gradually seeing it all get busier and then, you know, pack it all up, go to the ground, in through gate 17, up the steps, and there's there it is, liquidator. Chelsea. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, that's all of that, um, you know, we kind of t- take for granted for yeah, so long. Yeah, and then yeah, bosh. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, so 
I, I'd love to get all that back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is kind of six months, isn't it? Uh, what was it? It was March the 8th, I think, when we played Everton. So six months, isn't it? Mm. Um, and, you know, things have changed. Uh, and, I, you know, for me, I will go um, and I will do the stall if Dave wants to do it. And I'll be there every home game. And I'll have to find a way to watch games that I can't get in to see uh, because I haven't got a ticket or can't get a ticket um, and that aren't on the TV. So I'll just have to find a work around that um, if that's what we're doing. Uh, but, you know, as I say, we, we all have to believe that football will return as, as we know it and love it and choose to experience it in, in the best possible way for, for us for fortunate enough to go to games um and if, if it's another season of well this is this this week and it's that next week and it's the other the week after that i've kind of accepted that that's what's going to happen you know and, and and as long as it's equitable and fair the way of getting a ticket i mean by you know it, it does seem that um you know you you, you it's not going to work the way the way it works at uh, we're all used to it. I mean, we, we've still got a season ticket in Solari's name. God bless him. He's been dead seven years. Um, you know, that whole concept of shared season tickets is, isn't going to work clearly because if they have a track and trace process in place, it's got to be respected. And I think everybody understands yeah. that. Um, so, you know, we've just got to go with it. Uh, and, and I, you know, as I said, I've accepted that I trust the club to do the right thing um, and, you know, look forward to the day when, you know, we can all, all our friends and just, you know, slotting into our regular match day routines. Amen to that. Amen to that. Who am I repeating on? Who am I repeating on? Is that is it you? Oh, anyway, um, I don't know. It was really weird. I, I I heard myself. It's it it's bad enough speaking. It's even worse having to hear my uh, God. You know, I I have it's like huge... an episode of Star Trek. Change. I know it's, it's like, like you speaking to yourself in the future. Yeah, it's weird. I broke the space time continuum, didn't I? Then. Um, I think it will be bad. Amen to that, and it will be. But you know, as I said, as Marco was saying, I think not for a while yet in the way that we know and love it. Dino, what about you? What do you miss most? Well, for, for me, you know, going to Chelsea was you know time that I spent with my dad. You know, eighteen years ago when I was sort of ten, uh, ten, eleven. You know, we got seeing tickets to something to do on the weekend um, when I saw him, and you know that was always you know that time, that sort of quality time was going to Chelsea and. For me, the football was just sort of a side thing that happened as well as seeing my dad. Um, you know, the past 10 years I've worked in, in retail and weekends become a bit sparse. You know, going become less and less. And this year I've changed, you know, come out of that job, available weekends, and now work with my dad. Um, so sort of looking forward to sort of making some new rituals, you know, more than Joe you know, the Cock Tavern and at, at the store with Marco, sort of making, you know, a new, new experience. And unfortunately, that, that can't happen. But, you know, everything about the day, you know, the buzz of... It's the, the day, isn't it? Yeah, you know, everything. The football lands on the pitch, you know, 
what happens on the pitch, you know, it doesn't sort of affect what you feel about the game next week. You know, you're always looking forward to going to Chelsea, you know, no matter what happens. And, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, that the buzz around the team at the minute is so strong, you know, because yeah. that's just a bonus. But even if Sarri had stayed and we hadn't made any signs, you know, you'd still be just as you know, excited and have that buzz for going to Chelsea. And that's, you know, that's the thing that, you know, you, you miss and you can't replicate any other way. And that's the, exactly the point. Dino and and that's why I mean we've all kind of said the same thing weirdly enough but from all slightly different perspectives but you know if you were only to rely just on the football and the and the comings and goings on the pitch and I, and I think this is perhaps you know weirdly why you see so many extreme reactions on social media and I mean the poor old people who don't get the chance to go a lot are the, are the, are the, the ones who get the biggest kicking for that but that's what they that's all they have to rely on they can only rely on what they see so maybe they're actually more invested in what goes you know but in what goes on the pitch and 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 when players play badly and managers make poor decisions and chelsea play like a bunch of fannies you know for them it is more visceral we have the whole package you know we we're really invested in what happens on the pitch and we we like to see chelsea win and we have great memories and bad memories of that but if if chelsea've been utterly shit and diabolical we've still had a top day out We've seen our mates, we've been to the pub, we bought a few books from Marco, happy days, we'll be back next week, maybe we won't be as shit the next week. It's a very, very different thing, and I think actually, essentially, that underlines the difference. I hope we get back soon, that's the main thing. Right, very, very quick plug for the Chelsea specials, uh, which, as you know, particularly if you've been listening to the 50 Years of Chelsea shows, are a load of interviews that me and the wonderful Martin King uh, recorded over a year, well, about a year ago now. Uh, and we did Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tambling, Chopper Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Johnny Boyle, Johnny Bumpstead, Gary Chivers, Colin Bates, Paul Cannaville, and Danny uh, Harkins as well, Eccles himself. And they're all crackers. They really, really are. They really, really opened up to me and Martin, and they were great fun to do, uh, and they're great fun to listen to. All you have to do is go to chelseaspecial.podbean.com, and uh, basically you land on the homepage, and then you scroll down. There's the whole list of... Uh, of individual people and podcasts that we did are there and you click on buy single episode now uh, and then it takes you through to the paywall £2.99 for each of the each of the podcasts because we need to cover the cost of the production and then you can listen to it or download any one you want hopefully all of them because they're all brilliant uh, but anyway there you go check it out chelseaspecial.podbean.com and of course they're on twitter at chelsea underscore special and facebook as the chelsea special and there's even a website which i've uh, as dean will tell you i've not done a lot with but that's chelseaspecial.com It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.